Hello and thank you for joining us for another episode of Finding Our Freedom. Today is August 28th, 2020, and this is episode 5. This year we find ourselves in positions that none of us could have imagined. With the lockdown, we have been told to stay home, socially distance ourselves. Many of us are teleworking and some have found that their jobs are gone altogether. On top of that, we are currently facing protests and riots. The East Coast is in the middle of hurricane season and the West Coast fire season. We have plenty of stressors right now. That is why today we're talking about dealing with stress. But first, today in history. Today, August 28th in 1963, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., the Civil Rights Movement reaches its high watermark when Martin Luther King Jr. speaks to about 250,000 people attending the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. The demonstrators, black and white, poor and rich, came together in the nation's capital to demand voting rights and equal opportunity and to appeal to an end of racial segregation and discrimination. The peaceful rally was the largest assembly for a redress of grievances that the Capitol had ever had, the, and King was the last speaker. With the statue of Abraham Lincoln towering behind him, King told the hushed crowd, go back to Mississippi, go back to Alabama, go back to South Carolina, go back to Georgia, go back to Louisiana, go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow the situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. Continuing, he began the refrain that made the speech one of the best known in U.S. history, second only to Lincoln's 1863 Gettysburg Address. We all know this part. It begins, I have a dream. Boomed over the crowd stretching from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Monument. That one day, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Ending his stirring 16-minute speech with his vision of the fruit of racial harmony that when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty. We are free at last. Though society has moved quite a bit since that August 28th in 1963, today 
we are still under great stresses. We see families, friends, and those around us stressed, not knowing where to turn and lashing out. The bills won't stop coming. There will never be more hours in the day, and your work and family responsibilities will always be demanding. On top of that, you look out into society as a whole, and we see a resurgence of racial tension. Debt, in my opinion, is greater than it was last year, greater than it was 10 years ago. You have both sides screaming without any real solutions being presented. If you're one not dealing with stress well and living with high levels, you're putting your entire well-being at risk. Stress wreaks havoc on our emotional and physical health. It narrows your ability to think clearly, function effectively, and enjoy your life. It may seem like there is nothing you can do about stress, but you have a lot more control than you might think you do. Effective stress management helps you break the hold stress has on your life. You can be happier, healthier, and more productive. The ultimate goal is a balanced life with time for work, relationships, relaxation, and fun. The resiliency to hold up under pressure and meet challenges head on. Before you can manage your stress though, you need to understand the sources of stress in your life. Unfortunately, this isn't as straightforward as it sounds. Stephen Covey sets a great example of how to do this in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I suggest everyone should probably read or at least skim through this book. In his book, he explains the sphere of control, influence, and concern. Just as they are listed, our sphere of control include things that we control, such as ourselves, our decisions as to where to work, what to do on vacation, where to educate our children. It could be as little as what are we going to eat for breakfast, or as great as where are we going to retire. Our sphere of influence, here we have a little less control, but we can influence those items such as decisions that our children make. We can't control, and though most parents try to, we can't control our kids. They're going to do what they're going to do. The best we can do is we can influence their decision and hope they make good decisions based on the examples that we set for them. Then we have our sphere of concern. This includes those items that we might have concern for, but that we really don't have any say or control over at all. While living in the sphere of control, we find success. Most of us find ourselves not spending enough time in our sphere of control. This allows our lives to, I'm going to say control again, but this allows our lives to get out of control. Instead, for some reason, we spend most of our time in our sphere of concern. The more control the thing we have over things, the more we can change them for the better. If we live only in our sphere of concern, however, we will remain stressed. Think about it for a second. What do most of us talk about? We talk about politics, we talk about the federal government, we talk about taxes. Now, a lot of this is stuff that we have no control over whatsoever. We can't control what the president's going to do. We can't control what our senator or congressperson's going to do, to be honest. We can influence what our local politicians are going to do based on how involved we are. We can 
influence how much money our school district gets. We can influence local things. But we still don't have full control over that. What we have control over is ourselves. We can influence our family, but we must start controlling ourselves. Once we start living in our sphere of control, we need to figure out what are we really stressed about. While it is easy to identify major stressors such as changing jobs or going through a divorce, pinpointing the sources of chronic stress can be more complicated. It is all too easy to overlook how our own thoughts, feelings, behaviors contribute to our everyday stress level. Sure, we know that we're constantly worried about work deadlines, but maybe it's our procrastination or need to learn a new skill that's needed at work rather than the actual job demands. That is causing the stress. You might be able to influence the job demands, but you can control our ability to complete those job demands. Until we accept responsibility for the role we play in creating or maintaining our own performance, our stress level will remain outside our control. The key is taking control. While stress is an automatic response from our nervous system, some stressors arise at predictable times. Our commute to work, a meeting with our boss, or family gatherings, for example. When handling such predictable stressors, we can either change the situation or change our reaction to it. When deciding which option to choose in any given scenario, it is helpful to think of the four A's, avoid, alter, adapt, or accept the situation. Now, I'd never say we need to avoid all stressful situations. And honestly, it's not healthy to avoid a stressful situation that needs to be addressed. But many of us would be surprised by the number of stressors in our life that we can eliminate by simply avoiding it, by learning to say no. If we know our limits and stick to them, whether in our personal or professional life, taking on more than we can handle is a surefire recipe for stress. Distinguish between the shoulds and the musts, and when possible, we need to say no to taking on too much. At first, saying no can be the hardest thing any of us can do. We like making people happy. We like saying yes. However, say no a couple times and it becomes easier and easier. And eventually, saying no is something that's going to make us all less stressed and a lot healthier. Part of saying no might be avoiding people who stress us out altogether. If someone constantly causes stress in our lives, Limit the amount of time that you spend with that person, or maybe even it's time to end the relationship. If the person's not bringing benefit to you and only causing you stress and costing you, it's not a good relationship, and it's probably time to look at ending that relationship with that person. Take control of your environment. If the evening news makes you anxious, well, most things on that evening news you might be concerned about once again it goes into what can you control and you can't control most things on the evening news unless you're a f national politician or you 
are greatly involved in something. But for the rest of us, there's nothing on that evening news that we can control. We spent way too much time in our 24-7 news cycle, and we spent way too much time watching TV. If it's something that stresses you out, turn it off. If tra traffic makes you tense, take a longer but less stressed route, or leave earlier. If going to the market is an unpleasant chore, well, we can do our grocery shopping online now. Another pretty big uh, part of saying no is to pare down the to-do list. Actually look at your schedule, look at your responsibilities, and look at your daily tasks. If you got too much on your plate, you're going to be stressed. So start dropping tasks that aren't really necessary to the bottom of the list or eliminate them altogether. Start using the four quadrant method of time management. In this, you'll literally take and list out all your priorities into four quadrants. You'll have one column that's due now, the second column due later, and then you'll have two rows. Either it's critical or it's not critical. This creates your four quadrants. If it's do now and critical, then it's something that you have to do now. This is your catastrophes, your deadlines, your emergencies. These hard to plan for tasks that are often unexpected and need to be dealt with as soon as possible. But you shouldn't be living life in quadrant number one. Like I said, this is your emergencies. So unless you're a first responder who responds to emergencies for a living, then through proper planning and delegating, you should be able to stay out of quadrant one. Quadrant two is your critical stuff, but you can do it later. Now you need to prioritize this quadrant. This is your preparations, your relationships, developing as a person. These tasks are required for growth and you need to spend most of your time here in order to live a proactive and stress-free life. Then going down to the second row, first column, you have your do not correction, you have your do now and not critical. This is stuff that isn't critical, but it requires your attention. These are your interruptions, your emails, your meetings, things that you couldn't plan for, but it's not critical that you complete them now. These small interruptions cause large rifts in our productivity. Uh, we need to spend less time in this quadrant and delegate them out using the priority matrix. Pretty much, use technology and others in order to reduce this stress load in this quadrant. Um, the other thing is we can look at some of these interruptions and possibly move them into quadrant two and do them later. A uh, great example is the email. Don't look at your email nonstop. A lot of us do this, our phones beep, uh, we have it up on our computer at all times. 
a few times during the day, actually check your email, answer your email, and set that time aside only to take care of your email. That moves it from quadrant three to quadrant two. It becomes a priority during that time period. It's something that you need to do. It's something that you will do. And it's less of a stressor. Then you have quadrant four. These are the do laters and not critical. Um, don't don't let last in first out stifle your productivity though using this uh, use this quadrant to track your ideas and when the time is right move them into either quadrant two or quadrant three um, this is also a great place to put taskings that you think are a great idea but they're just not critical and it's something you can do later Quadrant three and quadrant four are really the two quadrants that you can eliminate your to-do tasks completely. So if you can't avoid a stressful situation, try to alter it. Often this involves changing the way you communicate and operate in your daily life. Express your feelings instead of bottling them up. I mean, that's easier said for some of us than uh, for others. I'm probably one of the people that end up bottling up a lot of my feelings um, simply because that's a lot of the way a lot of us has uh, have been raised. Uh, if something or someone is bothering you, be more assertive and communicate your concerns in an open and respectful way. If you've got an exam to study for or a project uh, that needs to be completed and so, someone's getting in the way of that say up front that you only have five minutes to talk or you have to get this done um, and remember if you don't voice your uh, your needs and feelings resentment will build and the stress will increase between you and that other person be willing to compromise this is uh, once again, something easier said to for some than others. But when you ask someone to change their behavior, be willing to do the same. If you both are willing to bend a little bit, you'll have a good chance of finding a happy middle ground. And if you both bend a little bit, neither of you is going to break. And then create a balanced schedule. All work and no play is a recipe for burnout. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that. A lot of us are now trying to follow it however in today's day and age um, we find ourselves in positions where the work keeps coming but there's really no outlet other than sitting in front of the TV or using some other form of technology right now um, but really try to get out into nature and uh, and relax a little bit uh, turn off the phone turn turn off all the devices and actually be one with yourself for a minute. Uh, we need to try to find that balance between work, family life, social activities, solitary pursuits, daily responsibilities, and downtime for ourselves. If you can't change the stressor though, maybe look at changing yourself. You can adapt to stressful situations and regain your sense of control by changing your expectations and attitude. Reframe the problem. 
tried to view stressful situations from a more positive perspective rather than fuming about a traffic jam or fuming about anything. Look at it as an opportunity. Uh, that traffic jam allows you to pause and regroup. It allows you to listen to your favorite radio station or podcast or enjoy some alone time. Then look at the big picture. Take perspective of the, sit of the stressful situation. Ask yourself how important it will be in the long run. Will it matter in a month, a year? Is it really worth getting upset over? If the answer is no, well, focus your time and energy on things that do matter. Adjust your standards. Perfectionism is a major source of avoidable stress. Stop setting yourself up for failure by demanding perfection from yourself. And stop setting yourself up for disappointment by demanding perfection from others. You need to set responsible and reasonable standards for yourself and others. And learn to be okay with good enough. Practice gratitude. When stress is getting you down, take a moment to reflect on all the things you appreciate in your life, including your own positive qualities and gifts. This simple strategy can help you keep things in perspective. And lastly, when it's all said and done, remember there is the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's true that some sources of stress are unavoidable. You can't prevent or change st stressors such as the death of a loved one, a serious illness, or a national recession. In some cases, the best way to cope with stress is to accept things as they are. Acceptance may be difficult, but in the long run, it's easier than railing against a situation we can't change. Don't try to control the uncontrollable. Many things in life are beyond our control, particularly the behavior of other people. Rather than stressing out over these things, Focus on the things that we can control, such as the way we choose to react to those problems. Look for the upside. When facing major challenges, try to look at them as opportunities for personal growth. If it's a situation that our own poor choices contributed to, reflect on those choices and learn from those mistakes. And then learn to forgive. Accept the fact that we live in an imperfect world and that people make mistakes. Let go of anger and resentment. Free ourselves from negative energy by forgiving and moving on. Understanding how to take control back over our lives will ensure that we are happier and less stressed. We define our goals, our purpose, and our lives by doing so. We can ensure that we become the people we want to be and live the lives we want to live. Once again, thank you for joining us in our journey in finding a better and more free life.